It's been six months since the C-Corp hour disaster in the Gulf of Mexico, and in a lot of ways, the situation remains frozen in time. I'm your host, Niels Rang, and in today's podcast, we catch up with Scott Daspit, father of one of the missing crew members in the face of the citizen search and rescue efforts. In this extended, uncut interview, we even get into details never shared before, now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana. The podcast powered by KLFY.com. The interview begins right when the cameras started rolling, and you will hear a couple of spots where they were censored. That's because a name was mentioned that we will not be sharing publicly. Here's Mr. Scott. It's, I mean, seeing those videos today, it seems like, yeah, he, that smile was an infectious one. It was. Oh, yeah. And he was always, always, he was... He always wore it, too. And he was always, uh, he, when he'd smile, he'd smile with his eyes. And uh, he was always up to playing little tricks and stuff on people, you know, just... Um, one day he uh, dressed up. Uh, I have a tendency of cutting my old pants and like some old Daisy Dukes and stuff, and I got a hat. Yeah, I got a hat that I use when I'm on the lawnmower and everything, and he he still hadn't, he still couldn't have a mustache or a beard yet, so he actually put some black tape around and he dressed like me and come out, and I thought we were all gonna fall out that day, but uh, he was always doing little odd and things like that, you know, just, uh, and at work, the guys. He was a hell of a good worker, and, he worked hard and he played hard. So, just uh, I just feel for my two grandsons. That's that's the hardest part. Because you know you 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 know him so well, and you know you've known him his whole whole life. life. Yeah, and they're they're still just. How old are they? Uh, Sawyer just turned three on the second, and um, Owen's gonna be uh, two on the seventeenth. So, so any he, he, memory's gonna be secondhand. Yeah, he don't Owen don't remember him as much as Sawyer does, but uh, he sees pictures and he knows that's his dad. And you know, it just uh, we're just gonna have to try to keep the memory alive, you know. So. Yeah. And with uh, the, the memory and everything being six months in, uh, you know, with October 13th from April 13th, has your mindset, you know, changed? Are you in a different place now uh, than whenever you were out there searching every day? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mindset at the beginning searching, there was always hope. Whereas now it's it's turned into anger, knowing that we were lied to, you know, to our face. Uh, oh, they were gonna par buckle the boat from the beginning, and all, and then only to find out that they pretty much dug a hole and buried it. That yeah, it's 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 turned to anger. It really has. Um, with with the idea, what is it gonna take um, to have oversight on these people? Because right now NTSB can't. Um, the way the laws are written for the marining side, um, there's no oversight on, on these people. So 
they uh, Coast Guard admitted they just go by the salvage master. Who's the salvage master? Don John. You know, um, they admitted in a family meeting that they're the ones that uh, went from search and rescue, skipped over recovery, and went straight to salvage. And in their addendum, it says if there's a possibility of having recovery, they had to do it, but they didn't. So. And then, like I said, you saw the, um, the, the, there was some actual lies that went on during that uh, I, with uh, the C Corp operations manager saying that they had everything. When you talked, he said they didn't have everything, the diver. You know, so you could go on and on. Uh, I suspect that the, um, the civil trial, criminal trial, whatever is going to uh, be done in federal court. Um, there's a lot more that's going to come up because you'll be able to prove, you know, well, wait a minute, who's lying here, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's turned to anger. Really, it really has. Um, and into, I think the worst one for me was the, uh, was uh, Bristol. You know, the swimmer was right there. Could have saved three more people, and Coast Guard called them so late. Uh, sea Corps didn't call them. Um, they were willing to from shells. They, they, they were willing to to go back out, and uh, Coast Guard shut them down. Told them to stand down. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I, you told me you watched all of those. I I was there too, and it's just. You know, it's almost like just getting sucker punched. Oh, every every time. That's why I didn't go, because I knew I would probably become irate and, 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 and speak my mind. So I figured it was best. I just didn't show up in person. And I wasn't planning on wearing a mask all damn day. So I just... Uh, I, had, I had my second computer at work set up and... Uh, was able to do some of my office work and watch it all at the same time and it uh some rough days you told me that c Corps was giving y'all some daily updates did they tell you anything after hurricane ida no the last update we had from hurricane ida was uh the 23rd of september last actual text we had from c Corps. what day was it that ida hit I think it's the 29th. Oh wait, no, it would have been the 29th. No, because uh, it was about the 24th or the 23rd, because I was in the hospital. Yeah, you weren't. You were still in the hospital. 25th was when I. No, the 25th I got in. 26th, 27th, 28th or 29th is is when it hit. Yeah, August 29th was Hurricane Ida. Because my birthday was the next day. So you said the last thing they told you was September 20th? 23rd. 23rd? And what have they been telling you, I guess? I, I know communication... It was just a... ...down, and then it's they started sending more daily updates. Well, from the very beginning, about a week after, they started sending the uh, families uh, daily updates via text. And um, they just got to the point they were very general just uh, divers in the water dredging, divers in the water, um, 
rigging, uh, attempting to rig uh, to pick up the stern, you know, just um, when the they, too bad. the weather's too bad, current's too bad, just one thing after another. But with the current, when you're diving, the current may be bad up here, but it's not down here. Mm -hmm. so yeah, and that, the current should have never affected the divers going down. And when and when we when we spoke to, I, I don't know if you ever got that. Uh, did Chris ever give y'all that? Yeah, the whenever y'all your conversation with with, with the diver and uh, uh, I mean he said it the minute he got inside the vessel there was no more current, so. It, it just makes you, part of the anger is now we know that they buried the boat and Don John brought another uh, vessel down from uh, Don John Smith, uh, got another vessel and now they are concentrating on pulling vessels out the navigable waterways because U.S. Coast Guard tells the shrimpers they have to have a licensed salvage. Now, these people lost that most most of them lost their homes, vehicles, and now that their way to, to, to make money, and then they're gonna turn around and kick them while they down. You know, it's uh, again, it, it's it's turned into to more anger to know how bad it's gotten. Where's our government? Why aren't they standing up for, for these workers? Our government's a joke. So, so and helping the wrong people. Um, man, so communication is effectively stopped. Have y'all tried to make uh Oh, I, I actually text the, um, the operations manager, but you know, just uh, Joey uh, Ruiz, and uh, I haven't, he's, he was pretty good in the beginning to re uh, respond, but uh, it's obvious uh, lawsuits are out there now, so nobody wants to talk. Uh, the people out in the field had, um, had uh, uh, orders, they couldn't speak to anybody, any of the families out there, you know, anybody that was working, any captain or deckhand, nobody could, it, it, what are they trying to hide, you know? I don't know, you, you offered, whenever the search started, uh, you know, wrapping up, you wanted to be on the boat for anything that you could help. I mean, and I don't think anyone's, done you know tried to be more involved than than you to try and get some family back well it's uh it was uh myself and garrett you know that really uh along with all the volunteers that uh but as far as family wise yeah it was just garrett and i um that pretty much uh day to day got, got out there and actually walked i mean we were walking five to seven miles a day in the marsh and let me tell you it's it's not it's not easy i lost 16 pounds i wish i still had had it off but uh um um it wasn't it wasn't easy uh, uh and and just hoping and and you know i, I really believe this we we, we could have missed them because you, we could be within five, six feet from them, but in the mangroves, the the um, 
the uh, uh, roots were so entangled and then the mangroves are not but about six seven foot tall and they real real thick and to be able to maneuver through them I mean it, it you could have we could have passed right by a, a, a body and just uh, within two weeks after the search started I'm gonna be quite honest with you I was using my nose more than anything to try to try to find something I mean because I mean it's uh, obvious what happens after a while so uh, when they were searching in a sycamore point they were going through the mangroves and he did he picked up on a smell and Jessica and uh, Logan Logan were, were with you and it was a very foul smell and Jessica took her son turned actually turned him around thinking that but it was uh, an alligator yeah. And the same thing happened on Bird Island with a, a dolphin. Some of the other uh, volunteers smelled it, you know, and start, started zeroing in. And uh, it was a, a dolphin that had passed. But, um, I mean, you said uh, for Dylan, trying to make sure he's remembered. I feel like that's where a lot of the family is now. You were saying that it's been tough to even get your get the family to hold a memorial just because it's it's incomplete you know oh absolutely <laughs> with, with, with the idea that the living quarters was coming up one day and now here we are six months later it's under the mud i'm not certain out of the seven how many have not had memorials and um, I don't know. Maybe none have had memorials. Yeah. Oh, all I know is the Wilcock, the Gre Gregory yeah. Wilcock, and them had had a had a memorial. Um, but I, I I don't know if anybody anybody else. I know uh, Miss Dara, uh, Chaz's mom still hasn't. Um, why? Because we were all waiting for the living quarters to come up and with with a hope of closure. That was the biggest thing. And here we are, no closure. So, I know that even though hope is turned into anger, you still got a lot of, I guess, I don't want, like a fight, you know, you wanna do something that'll uh, make an impact, saying, uh, you know, all the things that in the industry that you'd like to see changed is there somewhere you're putting that energy towards now or well obviously yes i i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna stop uh by virtue of uh trying to get some laws passed um so somebody has oversight not just a certain uh, body that have to be more involved to make a pertinent decision as to what's going on uh, as far as uh, do we continue getting it out do we bury it like they did um, just just relying on a, a salvage master um, that's not the right thing I mean, uh, uh, there was a, a airplane that went down in Buffalo, New York, and the only reason some of the air, uh, 
the only reason some of the um, the aeronautical laws have changed was because some of those families got together and made the laws change. So is that what's going to have have to happen here? I mean, because there, there's no oversight on again, there's no oversight on on these salvage companies, and. Um, if, if that's what it takes, along with uh, other things that uh, Garrett and I have spoken of, to try to, uh, it, it's basically to help our brothers out there in the oil and gas industry. Um, it, it's, it's like it's a big letdown. And, and I know several guys, since this has happened, a lot of them knew Dylan. Uh, a lot of them are getting, off, getting out from offshore and coming to land or finding other jobs. Mm -hmm. It's just um, when you see somebody lost in 55 foot of water, how the hell are they going to find you in 200 foot of water? You know? One of the guys I was talking to lost his house in Golden Meadow. He's making a career change. He said he, was, uh, he actually inspected the Seacorp Power a couple years ago. He was on the boat. It's just, uh, you know, they say all regulations are written in blood. I do Department of Transportation and you can't get a road fixed until so many people have died on it. That's right. Basically how they tackle their project. That's pretty much it. Um, but and in, in, in again, why, why did they tell us from the beginning that they were going to retrieve the vessel and then here we are six months later, they retrieved the front deck, the three legs, the heliport, bigger items, all the debris or most of the debris from what I'm understanding that was on the deck but yet the living quarters and the stern uh, section is uh, it, it, it. my opinion there's a huge cover-up that went on simple as that simple as that um, and after watching the two-week uh, Coast Guard hearing my original gut feeling when I jumped on Cox Operating's boat that day and I find out that 48 hours had gone by before there was any diver in the water, right then and there, I knew things had gone wrong. And uh, after watching this uh, two-week hearing, it's very obvious. Uh, anything that could have went wrong, went wrong. And it goes from the top, well, Coast Guard, in New Orleans. I'm not going to say all the Coast Guards, but there, there were some huge issues in the New Orleans and Fouchon area. And Secor, um, um, it made my heart feel good to know that Talus Energy actually offered, offered a dive team, a dive boat that they actually needed, but was turned down by Secor. Yep, said they had a handle. Yeah, no. Yeah, you, you know that that. Day after thing. Yeah, yeah, so 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 to know that Talus Energy actually and offered other equipment and they were turned down by Secor, oh, it really really put a bad bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with even like the Coast Guard's alerts not getting the ships, and it's just like that could have saved them. And, oh, absolutely. You know, the helicopter getting there sooner could have saved them, and uh, the. The Sea Corps dispatch saying, oh, there is something wrong with our boat, could have saved them. And they didn't know how many people were on the boat because um, the company man hadn't sent um, his paperwork to Talus Energy at the time. 
like I say, just so 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 much went wrong. So much went wrong. And how do you write it? <laughs> all you can do is uh, start one thing and and try to change it. That's all you can do. You know the old saying is the uh, loudest wheel gets greased. And maybe that's what has to happen. Our families have to get together and start start uh, start screaming and see what we can, what kind of laws we can get passed and go from there. Um, you were saying that even in the past week you had sort of learned uh, about uh, Don John getting pulled off. I know we don't want to you know, bring any sources in here, but you said you've heard from a lot of different people you know were, work, were at the site. Yes, sir, that's correct. Um, there were, there's three different uh, companies that uh, employees of those companies uh, basically uh, reached out and um, got information saying that they were just uh, uh, the Secor Eagle was just sitting out there and they weren't really doing much. Um, and as far as the dredging, um, that was uh, another issue. And um, the, without going into a whole bunch of detail, yeah, the sources are very credible. Um, and to know what was tr what was really happening and then getting texts at the same time from Secor, which was contradicting each other just it, it, it just actually made my anger even even greater yeah. but that isn't sadly that's not really new as far as you know you, you've had to rely on people at Fort Fushan looking from the beach you know, getting better information than you've got for for a long time. And that's, that's exactly right. I was getting a lot more information of the actual people working in the area, I'll put it that way, um, without disclosing anything. But yeah, and, and getting first-hand information was a whole lot better from people out there as opposed to the Secor group. No, no doubt in my mind. And I, hell, when we rode out there in our boat with our drone, with the, the gentleman's drone, a very, very good uh, drone operator, uh, I mean, what they were telling us at the time was completely contradictory of what was going on. And we could see it for ourselves. You know, then all of a sudden, uh, there was this huge five-mile perimeter put up. Why? So what? The it comes back to the to the point. What 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 was being hidden? Why why not come out with the truth? Why not let people uh, see what's going on? It gives you some some insight as to what's being covered up. Um, for people who never had the chance to meet Dylan. Um, what, what would you uh, tell him about who he was? You know, how, how are you remembering him? Who are you telling, you know, what are you going to tell uh, Soy or his kids, uh, you know, about him? Well, uh, a lot of people have come forth since this has happened, and uh, um, 
a lot of people he went to school with and worked with said how uh, much of a hard worker he was. But coming up in school, he was very kind. He, he never looked bad on people that might have had um, issues such as stuttering or autism or so he always tried to reach out to those people um, in a gracious way um, he was always he was kind of he was always mischievous but um, he was always uh, willing to uh, to help others and um, his smile was infectious. He'd also smile with his eyes. Um, Sounds a lot like you. <laughs> uh, he looks like his dad. He, uh, he resembled me, me a lot. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he had an outgoing personality. And uh, I just want his... Uh, two boys to know that uh, he passed away doing something he loved and uh, he uh, was doing it he was doing he was doing it for his family so they could get ahead and uh, because the year of 2020 was bad for everybody and uh, he struggled that year and uh, once things started picking up I mean he didn't say no to a job he was always out there and um, the coordinator with, with Cardinal told me that Dylan was his go-to guy. If he needed something, he knew Dylan wouldn't tell him no. So, uh, uh, in the year he turned 25, I, got, I always wondered as a father, I was strict on my boys. But, the year he turned 25, he texted me and thanked me for being hard on him because it made him become who he was. He wasn't a, what I'll call a deadbeat. He was a, he wanted things out of life and the only way to get it is you go after it. So, uh, It, uh, it's a it's a pain not having the closure um, and let's face it we're not the this has gone on for thousands of years people lost at sea but um, to know the technology and what was told to us from the very beginning didn't happen I know you're proud of him, and you know he's he's, he's proud of you. And I, with your history in the oil field, I'm sure he would have been right here if it, your spots were reversed. Oh yeah, I would think so. Both both him and Garrett. I mean, they. I have pictures of them when they were five and ten. Um, on, on a drilling rig with me with their little hard hats and 
and uh, rubber boots, and they'd walk around with me and ask tons of questions. Um, they grew up in it, and uh, as time goes on, they learned more and more, and uh, Dylan actually, along with several of his high school friends, would come work with me during the summer times. And uh, again, I was hard on them, but they were kind of doing roustabout work and stuff, but it gave them the opportunity to to learn what a day's work was, uh, learn what a dollar was. And a uh, lot, lot of good memories, that's for sure. Uh, but again, as a father, you always wonder, well, are you being too, too rough on your boys? But uh, if you don't, as a father, put your kids in the right direction, nobody else will. And it's almost, even just human nature, you gotta fight. You, you gotta make sure you plant things in them so that they grow in it. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, and I told Garrett many a times that the roles were reversed. I'd be out there looking for him too. <laughs> uh, I just wish we could have found someone. Just uh, give somebody the closure. Well, you you did everything. It's uh, you know you just. I wish everybody else would have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, going forward, it's uh, all we can try to do is uh, be a squeaky wheel and see if we can get some laws changed and. Uh, help fire guys out uh, offshore. I mean, it, it kind of comes back to the drill ship that was uh, that was what a hundred people out there during during the hurricane, and it was actually some people from Fouchon mm -hmm. that helped navigate Coast Guard and others to to save those people. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, uh, uh, I, here it is, it wasn't, uh, what, five months after the Sea Corps, they're going to leave people out there on a, during a hurricane? I I'm, I'm, believe that uh, picture showing yeah. where they were in the radar. Yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. No boats supposed to, nothing's supposed to be, I mean, they abandoned rigs with and put stuff that, you know, I mean, that are drilled down. You know, it comes, it comes back to the point, what is a human life worth to some of these companies? Obviously not too much. You know, but if it wouldn't if it wasn't for the human life, the people out there working offshore. Listen, it, it takes a special person to work. Not just any. I've seen many many guys come out on jobs I was on, stay two or three days, maybe a hitch, seven, fourteen days, and they were gone. <laughs> what happened to such and such? They had enough. That just wasn't for them. It takes a special character to leave your home. Leave your family, 7, 14, 21 days, depending on your hitch. Um, it takes a special person to go through the work, um, the day-to-day -day grind out there that's uh, known as offshore. That's for sure. You know, I, I always think about those people who 
are like national correspondents and they just leave and go everywhere and I'm like I don't know. Uh, I like to stay close. Yeah, I'm gonna, oh, absolutely. I'm just not cut, cut with that cloth to be gone so long. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 that's and unfortunately that's what you have to do. Uh, uh, you know, I had uh, offered Dylan uh, a situation. I offered Dylan to come work with uh, his brother and I, and. Um, his answer was, uh, I couldn't pay him what uh, he made offshore. And uh, those words constantly are replayed in my mind. Um, He's just trying to take care of his and that's Then that's what it was. Um, you know, he, it, like I said, 2020 was bad for a lot of people. Um, hell, oil and gas industry has been rough for the last seven years. Uh, this is my fifth cycle. I, I've been in it 40-something years, and it's a, it's a cycle. And you gotta, you gotta make hay while the sun shines, like the old saying says, but uh, um, hell, you gotta work hard too when things are bad. So it's, uh, it's not an easy life in the oil and gas industry, but uh, it has become rewarding to quite a few people. It's a way of life, you don't want to feed it. I'm just going to check to make sure how much time I got left in my card. 16 minutes. So. Is there anything else uh, that we haven't touched on that you feel needs to be touched on? Um, I think the changes uh, at the federal level, laws and stuff, is all about keeping people accountable. Uh, so, can we talk? about Dylan and every, what everyone else needs right now. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add, Scott? Well, I know uh, one, of, one of the issues at hand is uh, when you're 200 miles offshore, everybody's required to have a, a, something like a GPS type. The EPIRB? Like an EPIRB, correct. But um, from 200 miles inland, nobody is, you're not required to have it. Um, and we have so many people swinging on ropes uh, offshore. Um, I think that's something, and it's not so much just on the life jacket. It would have to be something that, uh, that would have to be on uniform. well not necessarily just a uniform what if what 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 if the same thing happened like the Seacore power what if uh, we don't know was Dylan in the shower at the time so it would have to be something that would be required that they either wear um, some kind of anklet or some kind of wristlet or something that would have a GPS in it that in the event something like this was to happen we could at least track them for instance all the guys that were if we had some kind of uniform um, GPS system that uh, could attract the guys out there on the water that particular night we we, we, we could have got them a lot quicker you know that, that or if somebody made it to land you know one thing that that has never been talked about and I'm gonna share it right now um, in our search there were two oily life jackets found on an island called Bird Island 
which was northwest of the Secor Power. And we searched and we searched. There was two sets of foot tracks and there was two oily life jackets. Yeah, we, we, I've never spoken about it. Well, a lot of the volunteers knew about it. We searched and we searched that island. We never could find them. How far did they walk down Bird Island? We searched all, all up into uh, Bellevue Pass. There was another one on, Tim, on Last Island. There was one set of foot tracks and one Seacore Power life jacket that was found. And um, that island's a lot bigger than Bird Island. Of course, Bird Island ties into a bigger area. But uh, Last Island was, uh, we searched and searched and um, we didn't find anybody. But there was three sets of footprints found on the beach side with three Seacore jackets. Two of them were real oily and the other one wasn't. And it's always been my opinion of the seven, half could have probably made it out, half might be still in the vessel. Now we don't, we'll never know. Unless, unless uh, I'm able to, uh, the interesting thing is I, I, I put that post out there on my Facebook page and I've already gotten divers reaching out. I, there's contractors reaching out, wanting to help. So, uh, May, it comes back full circle. The very first 20, 48 hours I offered, there was a dive team willing to go out there. Teams that I've dealt with in oil and gas, they know jack of boats. No disregard toward Don John, but the jack of boats down here, how familiar were they? Not too very familiar because the very first night we had a family meeting, they had all the schematics of that particular vessel. Had we were able to get the dive team that I might have been able to put together, they they um, they around that they live off these these uh, jackups. Why why shut us down? Coast Guard's the one that told us if we showed up, we would have been arrested. You know, so um, it it just it just comes full circle to know that if uh, we could have got the personnel out there, extra cranes, but no, we had to wait 30 days for Don John's crane to come here because they signed a contract. Th this was an emergency. Where? Why? Why couldn't there was there was the big crane right there at the port, willing to do the work? But they had a red Secor had signed this contract in March with Don John, and uh, it's all part of their master service agreement. And it has to do with the Coast Guard uh, approving the certain things. And it's you know, w when you stop and think about it, <laughs> was this more of a money making thing for Don John? Because I asked them during one of the family meetings how much they were charging, and uh, oh, they sure didn't want to talk about that. We won't talk about that. That's right. That's right. I know I've heard whenever people talk about, you know, wearing something like an anklet or a bracelet or a necklace on the boat, there's a argument people make of, oh, people aren't going to do that or something, but you, you just got to think about 
the worst case scenario. That's exactly right. Once you, well, it, it's, it's, it would be similar to um, everybody has to have a Twit card to be able to go offshore via boat, um, helicopter, whatever. You have to have this Twit card. If you don't want to have an anklet or bracelet and, and you feel confident enough, why don't we have the Twit card? have a GPS monitor in it or something of that nature because the only thing a lot of people offshore you just wear your work clothes you're not you're not you don't have your wallet on you all the time you, you're there to work uh, and it, it's not about privacy it's about trying to help you in the in the in the in case of a catastrophe like this that's the only reason it has nothing to do with privacy issues it's just trying to to help our guys down the road yeah, you know, you think about the difference it could make. That's right. I mean, a few minutes, you know, now now that it's come out a reliable source, most of the guys that were found deceased, but most of the guys that were found deceased was mostly because of hypothermia. It wasn't because of, uh, now granted, that there were a couple that were uh, dinged up, but, um, it was hypothermia that so if time wise if if we can get to them so much quicker if, if there's some kind of device um and and one of the interesting things that i got out of the uh the hearing with coast guard was when bristol you know everybody has to remember coast guard did not have their helicopters out there because the lieutenant told me to my face they were tied up in bell chase because of a storm heading their way. Yeah, they were grounded. They were grounded, Normally. exactly. But yet, Bristol's out there doing what they have to do, and the thing that they were looking for from the helicopter the most was a ambient light. Something so, you know, if uh, uh, the life jackets already come with, with, with the light, but is there something else we could come up with that would be, uh, especially at, at night, during the daytime, and that's why they made the argument, had they been called a lot earlier, they might have made a bigger difference. I mean, you know, it's just a lot of different things went wrong that uh, you just come full circle again, you know? Mm -hmm. um, thanks. Yeah. Anything else, uh, Scott? No, I just, uh, I just hope and pray that the seven guys know um, everybody still thinks of them. We're not going to let their memory just uh, go to pasture, if you will. We, we gonna, um, we've made good friends with a lot of the other family members. Um, it's uh, something that we just need to uh, try to keep uh, keeping our memory, no matter how hard it is. Ten Talks at Kadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Nexstar Media production.